We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. James, good to be back with you this week. We are brought to you by WinBet, by the way. When I sometimes have been forgetting to throw that out there, James. So always got to thank WinBet. Uh, what's new with you, man? Uh, nothing really. Uh, just been doing some slow drafts and writing outlooks and writing articles and doing podcasts, normal stuff. Nice. Well, good to talk with you. I um, wanted to take an opportunity to publicly thank you for that pro wrestling tea. Uh, you got me recently. I don't have it for those watching us on the live stream or on YouTube. Don't have it on. I'll have to wear it for a future. Uh, one of those, one of these episodes, but great tea with full of legends. It's a wild time in the pro wrestling world, by the way. One of the uh, legends on that tee, James, rumor has it maybe returning for a match after 19 years. How about that? Stone Cold Steve Austin. That would be something else. You're hitting tiers, prospect hitting tiers 2.0. Going to be the topic of conversation today. It's an update to your article, which first went to the site in November of last year. And you mentioned those draft and holds and those drafts you're doing. You were kind enough to include your player shares. I think that's great to know because when it boils down to it, people want to know, are you drafting this guy? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's not something that I would, uh, you know, tweet out or anything like that. But for people who subscribe or people who listen to the podcast, they definitely don't mind sharing those. Uh, you know, I wouldn't wouldn't want to share my full player shares, but uh, if we're just talking about prospects. I mean, these guys are, you know, I've, I've done a lot of my draft and holds already. So most of these guys are just for draft and holds and uh, the guys that I like who are, you know, targets in, in regular leagues are, are pretty late round uh, targets at that. Yeah. I hear that. It's uh Really good stuff. Rotowire.com slash try, by the way, to get 10 days on us. Free trial, no credit card required. Then after the 10 days, you can decide if you want to continue on with us or not. But I think after you check out James's prospect work, uh, you'll want to stick around. Again, prospect hitting prospect tiers 2.0, the main topic of conversation. But before we get into that, you uh, you tweeted about a pitching prospect, James. The other day, and it seemed like it caught some people's attention. People, you're a needle mover. Uh, you move markets, and I actually put Mitch White in my queue, and then bam, he went in this draft I'm doing. So uh, you put the word out on Mitch White. Well, yeah, I mean, he's actually he lost his prospect eligibility, so uh, oh, okay. I I'm, I I kind of wanted to mention him just because, uh, you know, I, I know he is prospect eligible in a lot of dynasty leagues and he's out there in a lot of dynasty leagues for people who still have first year player drafts uh obviously in in really deep leagues uh really competitive leagues he might he might not be out there but 
Uh, I scooped him up in a in a twenty team league uh, in in the second round of my first year player draft a week ago. So I know he's I know he's out there, and uh, he's not on my top four hundred because he he's no longer prospect eligible technically uh, the way that I uh, count prospect status uh, due to active days on the active roster because he was working as a reliever for uh, a good chunk of last year. But um, yeah, I mean I just. I, I got to give a, a shout out to uh, Chris from Baseball Pods. Um, he actually traded for Mitch White in uh, the Devils Rejects Dynasty League that I'm in with Eno. And Eno, uh, I think, was like, why is someone trading for Mitch White? And he looked up uh, Mitch White's um, stuff, grades and command grades, and um, was like, wow, this is pretty interesting and so i started digging in on it because mitch white had been kind of uh out of sight out of mind for me uh especially this off season since i didn't have to worry about ranking him as a prospect anymore and he'd kind of fizzled out before the pandemic uh had struggled in the upper levels and then obviously we, we didn't see him much in 2020 and uh he only made a handful of starts in the majors last year but after kind of looking at his pitches and watching some video i came away pretty impressed and uh obviously that's a that's a good organization uh, to come up in if you're a pitcher i think that they have a number of pitchers who will be competing for the you know fourth fifth spots in that rotation uh, so he, he's not a lock to break camp in that rotation but i like i don't think there should be a 300 gap between tony gonsolin and mitch white and you know, I think that there's a chance Mitch White could just out earn Tony Gonsolin this year. So um, just to, you know, it's it's rare that there's actually someone that you like that much who's going as late as he was going. Um, but I, yeah, just, I think that that's one that people should uh, take a, take a second look at. Well, I think you officially closed the window on him going that late. Um, but, you know, I respect that. You, you are very open with who you like, who you don't. You uh, don't hold anything back for our subscribers and our listeners. I took J.D. Davis in the 29th round of this 15-team draft. And hold, I'm doing Mitch White went two picks later, and I was like, ah, I wish I had Mitch White. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like he's uh, catching some steam there. That's a great sleeper because I just, you know, I hadn't really thought about Mitch White. Hadn't paid him much mind. But, James, when I get into these uh, hitting prospects, Prospect tiers 2.0. Bobby Witt, we know you've been priced out. Um, 0 for 5 for you in your drafts. The price is just so sky high. And uh, you look at Jorge Polanco, Dansby Swanson, you think the, the choice is pretty clear there. So uh, not really much to, to say about Witt at this point, I imagine. Yeah, it's not, it's not that I don't think he's good or he's going to be good or he could be you know, he could be a, a value where he's going. I just think that the price is, is wrong on him. Uh, I think he, he probably should be going around pick 130 or so. Um, so, yeah. Man, catcher gets pretty nasty in a hurry. And the one I'm doing, like, 18th, 19th round, I feel like everybody started scrambling for their catchers. In the 18th round of this draft I'm doing, I took Alejandro Kirk. I was really weighing that between him and Narvaez, but I thought, Kirk just had a little bit more upside. So like Kirk, Narvaez, Zanino, Elias Diaz, Danny Jansen, Carson Kelly, Gary Sanchez. And then you eventually get around to uh, Rutschman. Adley Rutschman doesn't sound like you're really interested at, at, at cost this year. No. Uh, he actually, actually went way earlier than those guys, by the way. I was wondering, all those names I just listed off, he went like five rounds ahead of those guys. Huh. He actually he slipped uh, to like pick two thirty in uh, one of the drafts. I'm in. Um, I I've actually fallen in love with the the early catcher uh, strategy yeah. in my draft and hold. So I uh, the lowest the lowest catcher I've ended up with in any of my last three drafts is uh, Dalton Varsho, and so like he's my second catcher. So yeah, I mean I'm not I'm not taken Adley at all. I mean, I, I do like some guy. Like I, I like Kybert Ruiz. I like Omar Narvaez, who you mentioned. If I if I wait on catcher, but uh, you know, Rutschman 
it's just it's a it it introduces sort of an element of you know uncertainty that I just I don't really want to introduce there. Um, again, kind of like with Bobby Witt, like he he certainly could be worth this cost, and I've I've said uh, on other podcasts this off season, like it you know the appeal with Rutschman. It is. It's. It could be pretty great because I think he could play first base when he's not catching, or he could DH when he's not catching, and he could be one of those rare catchers who actually plays every day. Uh, so I mean, I, there's definitely paths for him to be uh, quite a bargain where he's going. It's just there's paths for it to be just a bad pick too, and there's still really quality uh, veteran established players at other positions that go in that range. So it's just not really how I want to want to build at that position. Yeah. I guess Will Smith of the Dodgers came up and raked right away, but it's just so hard to count on a young catcher coming up and being a big plus with the bat right away. It's just, just a lot of pressure to you know handle your duties behind the plate. Obviously a lot of pressure on him as a top prospect and uh yeah, that's it. Seems like an uphill battle at his ADP, which, by the way, you included, but you narrowed down the range. What did you say January twelfth through February eleventh? So, yeah, it was um, it was the the month um, prior to when I published it, uh, like a full a full month's worth of ADP from the fifteen team draft champions league. Nice. And by the way, in this tier, the blue chippers who will be up soon. You broke it into uh, players who you think will be up pretty early and then the second half of this tier is players who you think will spend at least a couple of months in the minors so this group though you expect to be up pretty early o'neill cruz don't expect to have much of him though in redraft no um yeah i mean again it's just uh, he's going just too high i i'd rather get uh i mean as you as you as we'll talk about i mean it's not like i'm just gonna say don't take any of these prospects i know it's sounding like that since i've just said don't take any of them so far uh but i'm not gonna pay up for the guys who are going um the highest yeah well, we'll get to one of those guys right now riley green and i love it because i just drafted him myself thank you james for all the work you do <laughs> it pays off for us who follow you and your work. I took Riley Green in the 22nd. It was actually Julio Rodriguez and Riley Green went back to back. Riley Green, the Detroit Tigers, is a prospect you have drafted. In fact, three of your four leagues. So, yeah, that's a pretty good endorsement. I think he's your number three ranked prospect. And uh, I'm imagining come main event time, you may, uh, you know, it'll it maybe stash in season for, for you. <laughs> Yeah, but it's actually now four of my five leagues. Mm. Uh, I I drafted him again since this was published initially, and I just went in there and updated those player shares before we started recording. But uh, yeah, I mean, I just that's I, I'm not anti taking a risk on a young player. It's it's about the cost, and it's about you know what other types of players are available in that same range. And to me, like, there's just a ton of outfielders that I really, really love that go in the early 200s. But then, like, once, uh, like, Jesus Sanchez and Harrison Bader are gone, kind of like around pick 240, my next favorite outfielder is Riley Green. And I just wait, you know, three or four rounds and and grab him then if uh, if I'm looking for outfield. And uh, in – in every draft I've done, he's been a bench player for me, right? Like I'm not, I'm not taking him as my fourth outfielder or even my fifth outfielder. Yeah, I took him as my fifth, but yeah, I hear you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a nice skill set for fantasy. I, I think it could be a five category skill set as early as this year. Uh, he could just kind of struggle i mean it, he's not he's not so good that it would be crazy if he came up and hit 225 or something like that so it's not a it's not a slam dunk but again you're you're getting him around pick 300 and he's got you know close to the same ceiling as uh these guys are getting taken 100 and 200 picks ahead of him um who are all going to debut around the same time so i just think he's a great value all boils down to playing time, of course, but Zips has them in 128 games going 23 and 12. That'd be uh, 
pretty darn nice for a fantasy team from a young kid. I'm looking up. Uh, yeah, he played 73 games in center last year. So you you expect him to probably take over in center pretty early on, and Bedu and Robbie Grossman flanking him. Daz Cameron, not much of a leash, I wouldn't think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Grossman and Green will play every day. Yeah. Uh, and then the other ones, it'll just be kind of a, a hot hand type of thing. I don't think Badu is above getting platooned. And, you know, Daz Cameron, Victor Reyes, those guys aren't even guaranteed to be fourth outfielders on this team. And they might not be done signing guys after the lockout. But uh, Riley Green, like, I, I always think it's hilarious when you see like on roster resource or something like that, they sometimes have top prospects uh, getting platooned and stuff like that. And I mean, if, if Riley Green's up, he's playing every day because he is the best hitter on this team long-term. And there's just, there's zero chance he would get platooned if he was up. So uh, I don't know when he'll be up. Um, the CBA will probably be a, a factor there. If, if there's no, service time penalty for the Tigers just breaking camp with him. He could break camp as an everyday player. If uh, the same rules are in place, then we probably go a few weeks before we see him, but uh, definitely not worried about Green's playing time once he's up, and I would also expect him to hit quite high in that line. Josh Young of the Texas Rangers, last name spelled J-U-N-G, of course but pronounced young um, doesn't sound like you're out on him. You have drafted him in one of your leagues, but doesn't sound like he's a, especially a priority. How do you think his initial run through the majors goes uh, over there in the AL West? I mean, I think he's got a, he's got a shot to be really good right away. Uh, he's it's a, it's a four category profile. Um, you know, like your, your hope long-term I'm hoping that he's, a guy who hits like 290 with 25 plus homers. Uh, so really kind of a, a classic third base four category profile, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, he, he could come up and go through some growing pains as well. Um, it's really whether I grab him certainly depends on how I've done in terms of filling out third base to that point in the draft. Uh, I think the one league where I did take him, I maybe got kind of a shaky starting third baseman and just wanted to kind of have a a solid backup there. But uh, the more drafting I've done, and especially in draft and holds, uh, the more I've kind of come off of taking young because I actually do have some some targets that I like the position who are uh, more established and have kind of a similar um, realistic outcome this year. Uh, so I, I like young a lot long-term. I think he could be, uh, one of the three or four best rookies this season, but, um, you know, he's, he's not going like in the end game, like you got to take him, um, within the, uh, inside the top 300 in most leagues. Yeah, I hear you. That's that third base position is incredibly tough to figure out. I could definitely see taking young, as a depth piece in one of those draft and holds, um, but hard to really nail down expectations for a guy like that right now, obviously with, with most prospects, but especially with a guy like that is maybe not at the very tippy top among the very elite, but still projects favorably at third base in my draft. I'm doing right now. took Luis Urias of your brewers. You might, if you're just looking at this board, you'd probably think I was a brewers fan. I took Willie Adamas, Luis Urias. And on the pitching side, um, Aaron Ashby, Eric Lauer. So go, go well, Brewers, I guess. That's uh, sounds like a winner to me. Um, yeah. Hunter Green I mean, I, too, by the way. I the the Brewers are. I think they're great for for fantasy because I think most of their position players are just going to be everyday guys. So um, yeah, I love Luis Urias with that eligibility. Yeah, um, ninth round, pretty pretty darn good year last year too. Kind of a sleeper year. Well. Hitting Prospect Tiers 2.0 is our topic today. We'll be right back. First, a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. We are back on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast sponsored by WinBet. Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. By the way, thanks to Jeff Ponce for filling in last week. That was a great show. And I love the early Boz talk. Uh, those Garrett Cole uh, raw number comps were getting me pretty pretty pumped on Boz. Uh, but back to your hitting prospect tiers 2.0. Among the, the group that you do expect to be up pretty early on, Josh Lowe, we saw him for like very briefly, didn't we? Was yeah, he, yeah, he was up for a. I mean, like on the it was not. It was. It wasn't even a cup of coffee. It was a espresso shot. <laughs> two uh, two plate appearances in two games. So he did swipe a bag. Good for him. Um, sounds like you did. You did land him. An outfield man is tough to figure out. I've been drafting early outfielders because I want to kind of avoid the uh, the muck of the platoon bats. But then I want to get back in. Around that range, do you think Josh Lowe is going to play enough, though, to really be worth a, a roster spot in those draft and holds? Yeah, he's a flyer. Uh, I think he is wor- – I think he's a value at his ADP, and that's acknowledging that, you know, he might not be playing – like, he might he might be on the strong side of a platoon whenever he does play, and he might not even have that role – until a month or two into the year. And so it's just, it's just really tough to uh, forecast when Josh Lowe starts playing, how often he plays once he starts playing. Uh, All I know is that he, it's, it's really not that hard to see him being a 2020 guy. uh, Even, even if he's on the strong side of a platoon, he's got enough power and speed to, to, to go 2020. So uh, it's it's just a flyer where he's going. He's going outside the top 350, um, but he's a he's a good speed flyer. Like he he's a you know there's really desperate speed flyers that go a lot earlier than him that aren't as good of overall players as Josh Lowe. So like I would rather roll the dice on him than Vidal Bruhan at his cost. I'd rather roll the dice on Josh Lowe than like Andres Jimenez at his cost. So, you know, once, once you get past uh, like Miles Straub, um, if you're looking for guys that could steal 20 bases, realistically, you know, low given the cost is as good a bet as anyone. The hot button player of our modern times, uh, Miles Straw, really uh, polarizing 
on Twitter. God, we need this lockout to end so we can stop that uh, discourse. Now, while you're on Riley Green, you're not on the other big Tigers prospect, Spencer Torkelson, not for redraft. I got to see him very briefly in the fall league, and then he got hurt. Um, and I imagine this is more just about, you know, playing time. It's You expect him to be up relatively soon, but – and you say, you know, you don't, you don't bring these guys up to sit or, or like, play part-time, but um, – do you think Torque's going to be like an everyday guy at first right away? Yeah, it's, it, I'm not worried about the playing time. I just compare him to the other options at first base that go within, you know, like, so his ADP is like 260. Uh, there's just still a lot so of many good players first, on the board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not far after. Brandon Belt goes. That's right around where Luke Voigt goes. Uh, that's ahead of where Jesus Aguilar and Rowdy Telez go. Uh, I like all those guys more than Torkelson this year. So, um, you know, unlike Josh Lowe and unlike Riley Green, Torkelson is at best going to help you in average homers, runs, and RBI. And I wouldn't expect him to be a positive contributor in batting average this year, especially relative to other first basemen. So I just, I think he's going to be fine. I just think relative to like when you're drafting a first baseman, there's a certain level of production that you're expecting. And I just don't think he's quite at that level as a rookie. I think he'll be fine. Like, I think he, I don't think people are going to be like, man, Spencer Trugleson sucks. I just, you know, if he hits, 255 with 23 homers like are, is that a guy that you want to be starting at first base or even in your corner infield spot like i don't think so well this is where we get the tear break among these blue chippers who will be up pretty soon in the back half of this tier you don't expect these guys to be up within the first couple months but maybe that creates a little bit of a buying opportunity for brennan davis who's i mean he's a top 10 guy right for the yeah. top 400 so I mean, if you have the bench space to uh, wait this one out, he could pay off. And the reason, like, I have uh, 75% exposure to Brennan Davis right now because I think these four guys in this tier are all going to be up around the same time, um, you know, within a month or so of each other. And Davis is going almost 100 picks later than the next guy. Uh, so it just, I think he's such a good value right now where he's going and drafting holds, you know, he, he's same thing as Riley Green or Spencer Torkelson. Like once Davis is up, he's going to play every day. Uh, he is essentially sort of the face of the next great Cubs team, uh, barring some big free agent signings. Like he's their best hitter in the upper levels by a lot. And the speed, he's kind of like Joe Adele, where the, the the raw speed hasn't been put to work quite as much in games as we we might like. So, um, you know, I, I'm I'm thinking he's maybe more of like a thirty homer, fifteen steal guy um, in his in like his first big season. Uh, I think eventually he could be a forty homer guy with fifteen steals. Uh, as kind of a, a ceiling projection, but um, yeah, I just, I love the cost and I love the fact that he's like a lot would have to go wrong for Brennan Davis to not debut and play regularly sometime this summer. Yeah. I'm with you there. And then Tristan Casas, I just added him to my queue because man, the price seems right on him. Um, I'm next up in this first picture on a speaker's draft at 461. Overall ADP around a 477. So it just seems like a guy with a lot of pedigree who, and a lot of thump. So, you know, there's like Miggy's still on the board, but I'd rather chase the upside with a guy like Casas. Yeah. Um, I haven't, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, like I've, I've passed on him for Edwin Rios in mm. a couple drafts um, just because I know Rios will be up sooner. Uh, Probably a big it, beneficiary of the universal DH right there. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the same analysis applies to Casas that I laid out for Torkelson, where when you're a, you're a big first base prospect, who's probably better in OBP leagues and batting average leagues. Like, so you're, you're just probably a three category guy at best this year, once you're up and that's, you know, long-term, he could be a four category guy for sure. But the guys that don't have speed, it really just puts all that much more pressure on them to, to hit for a, a decent average as rookies. So uh, you got to wait a couple months. He might not, hit enough to, to be a guy you want to use at first base or corner infield, but uh, I do have one share. I think he's uh, a solid flyer. Like, I'd rather take Casas at, at 477 than Torkelson at 277. Yeah, I, I definitely hear that. Um, now, on Twitter, James, you said recently that you did the 180 on Dalton Varsho at the catcher position. Uh, you're too smart for it, but thank you for not saying doing a 360, of course, because that would mean you'd ended up back where you started. Um, doesn't sound like you're nearly as optimistic about Gabriel Moreno. Obviously, nowhere close in terms of ADP, but not really a target at cost for you. Uh, yeah, you know, I I have some FOMO with Moreno because, um, I mean, I just I love. I love his hit tool, and I do think the Blue Jays, uh, I, I think they plan on getting him some looks in the big leagues this year. It's just really crowded there, and I assume that they're going to make a trade after the lockout to free up some playing time for him, but maybe they don't, you know. I mean, there's also this, this slight chance that he could uh, move to third base this year which would be awesome. I mean, that would just be a dream scenario if you have him in dynasty or if you, if you ended up with him in any draft and hold leagues, because they have a pretty gaping hole at third base right now. And I think he could hit enough to, to play there long-term, but uh, that's probably a small chance at this point. So just a lot kind of to be determined with Moreno. Um, I kind of want to get a share at some point. Um, Maybe uh, maybe that'll happen in AL Labor. Who knows? Hell yeah, man. Glad you uh, could take over for me. Thank you for that. Well-deserved. You deserve that spotlight, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing you do some damage in that league. So, uh, yeah, you, congrats, by the way, on being in AL Labor. Did yeah. they announce that, like, officially? I didn't see any emails, but. Oh, yeah. yeah. They welcomed you to the league with open arms, I assume. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and I have already, I've already shared uh, one of my strategies with you, uh, uh, a league winning strategy, potentially. But <laughs> a we'll, one we'll player see. target strategy. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I love that. Last player in this tier, Julio Rodriguez. I'm a little surprised to see you've uh, ended up with a share so far. Only one, but, uh, and I know you love the player, but you've kind of been pumping the brakes on ETA a little bit. Yeah, video. so the the league I got him in, it was uh, the NFBC 50. Um, and I was just uh, really kind of high on my own supply. Uh, just <laughs> I, I drafted such a, a monstrous team to this point, and it was like the mid 300s. I and love I that just, terminology for a team that you really love, and then you start making <laughs> bad decisions. I was just like, <laughs> um, I mean, it's going to take a really good uh, player to crack this this lineup in season. So um, <laughs> I come two weeks I, in, your half your team's wiped up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I grabbed him in one league. I mean, he's he's the best prospect in the game. Uh, certainly talented enough to be quite valuable whenever he's up. I just have no idea when he's going to be up. Now the next grouping proximity plus opportunity, all these guys, at least on your board for draft and holds. And we'll go, go through here. Kyle Isbell, you know, I just grabbed an outfielder. I grabbed two outfielders, Frazier, Clint Frazier and Randall Gritchick, but Isbell was still there. So I said, hell, I'm going to need plenty of outfielders. And uh, I'm with you on Isbell playing a fair amount. That first stint was, uh, you know, struggle fell on his face a bit, but as we see time and again, you know, these guys can bounce back and you don't, you don't 
draw too many conclusions from that first sample. Yeah, he he was great when he came back up in September. Uh, his his numbers at AAA, like when I when I wrote his outlook, uh, he was he was better at AAA than I even remember uh, last year. And um, I mean, this is just another classic like roster resource. What are you doing? Like he's not going to be platooned. Um, he's he's a he's a really good defensive outfielder, both in center field and in right field. Uh, I could actually see him uh, maybe being on the strong side of a platoon and center, and then moving to right against lefties or something like that. I mean, he he could move between those two spots. Uh, should be a, a positive contributor on that side of the ball and. Um, the, the main, the, the two main selling points with him are just playing time. It's, it's not a lot to be there. I think it probably will be there for, for most of the year. And then speed, like he, he could get you 15 steals this year. Now, Bryson stock is a uh, top 70 overall prospect for you. You have him 64 right now. And we talk a lot about how shortstop's pretty deep and it is, but then you get to a certain point in these deep drafts where it's like, and who am I going to get? as a reserve at short and uh, you know, bright Bryson Stott in that mix, but uh, do you see yourself, you know, targeting him or is he more guy? You just think, you know, maybe I'll pick him up in season. Um, in yeah. Way. I just, I haven't really, I mean, I, as you can see, I, I don't have him yet. Um, it's a uh, shortstop is tough. Like if, if once you get after, once you get outside the top, uh, you know, three fifty, uh even, outside of the top 300 or so it gets kind of uh, ugly. there just aren't many guys you want to end up with uh i've i've kind of been uh gravitating towards taylor walls like around pick 600 uh as kind of a, a backup option there but um stat stat's a good prospect he's just he's not he's not uh, a super impactful guy at least I, I wouldn't expect him to be as a rookie i think he's he's going to be best as a everyday player who compiles stats you know a little bit in, in all five categories over a full season uh but he's, he's not so good that him struggling in year one would be a surprise at all so um mm-hmm. he you know he's going inside the top 430 uh that's a it's a prime spot to, to grab mitch white <laughs> hell yeah i'm with you on that you sold me on Mitch White, we're only in the 31st round in this draft I'm doing with the first pitch Arizona guys. And uh, so we got, you know, 19 more rounds to go. And the top guys are Tyler Wade, Jeremy Pena, top guys at short, that is. Uh, Kyle Farmer, which is kind of funny. Uh, that he's yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind Wade or Pena, honestly, just given, yeah. given well, the other options there. It's just like, but I mean, not... this is where we're at with yeah. 20 rounds to go almost. Yeah, like that. that's the thing is like you – and I've always um, like I've been getting a ton of like a Med Rosario, um, yeah, and like Urias, like you said, like it's just it's nice to get your second shortstop uh, inside the top two hundred and just kind of have a nice base there, um, so that you don't have to go go chasing these guys in the in this range. You mentioned you kind of do like Jeremy Pena. Anything to add on him? Um, I, I think he's got a, a little bit higher of a fantasy ceiling this year than Stott does. Uh, just he's faster. Um, Stott's got the better hit tool, but that who knows how much that's going to matter when they're rookies. Like they, both of them could hit like 240 or worse or better. Uh, I just I like Pena a bit more because I think he's a better bet to get you double digit steals. Now, Joey Bartz, a name that if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably familiar with. Uh, you know, with Buster Posey retiring, there would seem to be that opportunity there for Joey Bart. Struggled so far, and we've talked about how that shouldn't be the be-all, end-all in your your evaluation of these guys, but it doesn't sound like you're too optimistic about things getting uh, turned around for Bart in a hurry. No, I'm not, and I – he gets ranked highly on these real life lists and then people just get really up in arms about where I have him ranked and how low I am on him. Uh, but you know, what, 
what he did at triple a last year people like look at it and they're like wow those are that's pretty good numbers like that is those are not good numbers for a 24 year old at triple a last year uh if you're if you're striking out 30 percent of the time and walking less than eight percent of the time as a 24 year old at triple a there's just no reason to expect you to hit well in the majors he just I just you'd have to be going out on a huge limb to expect him to hit better than like 235 this year. So um, I also think Kirk Casale is a better defensive catcher than Bart. So I think that's just going to be a pretty even timeshare. So you're not even getting the the compiling counting stats really. So uh, that's another another example of why I I just don't really want to wait that long on on my second catcher. Let's move on to the Guardians. Couple, of, well, one of these names I'm familiar, but familiar with, but Stephen Kwan, guy I'm not all that familiar with. What do you like about Stephen Kwan? Well, I don't love. The, I, didn't I don't realize he the, was uh, that highly ranked on your overall top 400, even as a 24 year old outfielder. Yeah, I mean, he's. I don't love the cost for this year. Uh, because he he's another guy he's kind of like the Bryson Stott of outfielders where it's just he's going to be a guy that compiles stats uh, kind of across the board for you over a full season but you know the hit tool is his best tool do we expect him to hit like 290 as a rookie um I mean I don't think we should really expect any rookie to hit for a crazy high batting average so <laughs> i don't think you should uh, expect anyone to hit 290 yeah yeah I mean, project that, that for any player yeah so it's just he's probably just not going to be a guy you really want to start this year uh i think long term i think he could be a guy who does hit around 290 um and does hit really high in a lineup and scores a ton of runs and you know maybe hits 15 homers 20 homers something like that um but you really got to like, he's, he's going inside the top 500. I just think it's, it's too rich uh, for a guy that probably doesn't have impact potential this year, even though he does have a very clear path to everyday. Yeah. A lot of these guys we've talked about in the 400s range for ADP Bart inside the top 400. Um, And then Richie Palacios, the name I was more familiar with on this team, he's pretty much a freebie, like 738. Sounds like you kind of like throwing one of those last picks at him. Yeah, I've got 50% exposure to Palacios. And the nice thing about him is he enters the year uh, with second base eligibility in NFBC leagues. But he will almost surely be playing some outfield, if not primarily outfield, once he's up. So in season, he probably adds outfield eligibility as well. And, um, he is gonna he's gonna run like that's the edge that he has over a guy like Quan, and even some of these guys going like 200 picks ahead of him uh he's got plus speed he was 20 for 23 on the bases last year at double a triple a uh you know the cleveland lets their guys run um i just i think that there's a chance he's playing every day moving around between second base and left field uh, by June or July and with that eligibility with the speed I I just think there's there's a chance that he just kind of comes out of nowhere and is someone that is being started in most 15 team leagues by the end of the year now with the MLB owners and players agreeing on the universal DH and Manfred officially announcing that Seth Beer of the Arizona Diamondbacks suddenly kind of becoming a trendy name on Twitter. Um, so I expect the, the price to rise from around, you know, 560 to 570 where it's at now. And you weren't in at the prior cost. I, I think it's safe to assume you're not going to be um, drafting beer at an increased cost if it is indeed rising from here. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been drafting all off season as if there was going to be a universal DH, so I um, just haven't really considered a scenario where um, beer wouldn't be uh, prominently involved early in the season. It's just it's such boring production for a UT only guy. Like, you know, I I don't know. He could 
hit like 265 with 18 homers or something like that. Uh, I, I actually think he's going to be in a strict platoon. Uh, I think he will sit against lefties. So getting that from a UT only guy, it's just, I don't really want any part of that. What about other Diamondbacks? Alec Thomas, Geraldo, Perdomo. Anything you want to mention about those two guys? Um, I'm I'm encouraged by Perdomo. Uh, you know, he's actually kind of uh, a shortstop version of Kyle Isbell, where he he was terrible in his first run in the majors, and uh, he actually got sent to their spring training complex midseason for kind of like a a mental reset because he'd been struggling so much um, in the, in the minors and in the majors. And then after he came back from that, uh, he was just a completely different player. Uh, was kind of the peak version of Perdomo that we've known from like 2018, 2019. Uh, Even when he was really, really struggling last year, he's, he's never walked at, like less than a 12% clip in pro ball. Um, so, I mean, I think he has uh, a strong handle of the zone. You know, maybe there's some passiveness in there that, that ups that walk rate, but uh, he's got speed. I think, you know, what? how much longer do the Diamondbacks need to see Nick Ahmed in an everyday role? Like, I, I can't imagine that they are dying to roll him out there every day uh, another season, so. Uh, I like Perdomo, given what we talked about with shortstop and given that he's going after pick 600. And then uh, Thomas is obviously, he's the the high-end prospect of this bunch. He's uh, definitely going to play every day once he's up. Um, I mean, part of, part of the reason I like Dalton Varsho is, is part of the reason why you should, you should maybe like Alec Thomas if you think he's going to hit right away because he could be the Diamondbacks third or fourth best hitter as a rookie. Like it's, it's that kind of pathetic of a depth chart. Um, so I, I haven't ended up with him just cause I am not sold that he hits the ground running and uh, I don't really know when he's going to be up. It might be a couple months, but there, there's a case to have Thomas up, um, up in that tier above this, honestly. Now under the, Pittsburgh Pirates. I know you like what this system has kind of become and what they've done with this new regime. Uh, but for 2022, any guys here that you uh, would like to draft uh, among the prospects? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, 75% exposure to Travis Swaggerty. <laughs> and I would expect that to uh, that uh, exposure rate to continue to climb in uh, these, these next two drafts that I'm in right now. Um, Adding him to my queue as we speak. <laughs> Thank you. He's just, he's such a, it's such a perfect fantasy situation. You know, he's, he's on the pirates. Uh, he's basically got to get past Anthony Alford and Ben Gamble. And uh, he's on the 40 man. He's their best defensive outfielder. He's got easy plus speed. Um He'd started to tap into more power in 2020 and 2021 before he got hurt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he certainly could flop. I mean, he could hit 200 or 220 or something like that and just uh, get sent back to AAA. Um, anything like that is in play, but, I mean, he's going to pick 700. So I just think there's a there's a chance that Swaggerty's getting drafted as, like, a top 200 guy next year just because of that speed and that opportunity, yes. To thank you for that wrestling tea you got me. I'm going to get you a 75% Travis Swaggerty exposure tea. <laughs> now, also on this Pirates team, Diego Castillo, the other Diego Castillo, I guess. Any chance he becomes the uh, primary Diego Castillo in the minds of <laughs> fantasy players? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely could happen, uh, especially since the other Diego Castillo is one of like five closers in Seattle right now. So. Um, yeah, he could. Uh, he's already kind of lost in the shuffle. It's could, uh, be even more so this year with with Castillo that he lacks uh, that that really high end tool like Swaggerty's speed, but um, he's a good all around player. I mean, he might be fifties across the board, uh, maybe even a fifty five hit tool. So obviously, there's opportunity there. Like it's just 
you know, Kevin Newman is probably their opening day second baseman. Um, they got Cole Tucker hanging around and just really middling options. So I, I don't know when Castillo gets a shot, but I assume he gets a shot sometime this summer. Well, we got to take care of a little bit of business right now. Hope you'll bear with us and we'll continue on with hitting prospect tiers 2.0 momentarily. But WinBet is now the exclusive sponsor for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a user friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, over unders, round robins, live betting, and so much more at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? Head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on roulette. Double down in blackjack, slam the slots, or try, try your hand at Baccarat. WinBet is currently available in nine states, Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. While rapidly expanding at WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. Register for WinBet today. Make a qualifying deposit and wager to receive $200 in free bets. Promotion may vary by state. Download WinBet now. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. WinBet, the exclusive partner for Rotowire's fantasy podcasts. Also, experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Here's how you can claim your free Rotowire subscription. Visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Deposit a minimum of 10 bucks and receive a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Then finally, play in your first paid contest and receive that free six-month Rotowire subscription. James, uh, another name bandied about with the Universal DH, Juan Yepes. Um what can you tell us? Is he a guy who's a realistic candidate for regular at bats in St. Louis? I mean, I think he's a realistic candidate to uh, be given a chance to earn every day at bats. Uh, like it's Paul DeYoung is like their best option at DH right now. And, um, you know, the, Paul the, DeYoung the, guy? well, the thing about Yepes is I'm not sure Yepes is going to be better than Paul DeYoung. So, oh. Um, Paul DeYoung's, I mean, not that bad. No, he, oh. I mean, he's, yeah, he, he is what he is. I mean, he's, he's not great. <laughs> like, like Juan Yepes is probably never going to have as good of a year in the majors as Paul DeYoung's best year. So yeah, he had some good, years. um, like, I think he could get a look I like he's, he's a guy to keep an eye on in spring training because he's, um, he's on the 40 man. Uh, there's obviously kind of a pathway there. Uh, you know, Paul DeYoung might even like, it's not like Edmundo Sosa is an immovable object at shortstop. So um, the I irresistible think, force meets the immovable object. <laughs> I think like Yepes, Yepes could have, could, could earn a, uh, earn some playing time with like a big spring, I think. Um, but I, he's kind of, you know, I like him more than Seth Beer, but again, it's, you know, for a guy who is going to be playing at either first base, corner, or util for you, there's a certain level of production that I would like to get there, and I'm not sure that you're going to get that from Yepes in year one. Now, before we get to the proximity without opportunity tier, the guys who are appear fa fairly well blocked right now, the Rockies, Ella Harris Montero, Ryan Velade, any reason to uh, consider those guys in the end game? Yeah, I mean, I, I took Velade in one league with, like, my second-to-last pick. Um, it's, you know, he, he's got a pretty good hit tool, especially by, you know, a lot of the recent Rockies prospects who've come up in uh, the last, like, three years or so. They've been guys with shaky hit tools where we're, we're hoping that Coors can prop it up. Uh, but Velade's best tool is his hit tool. Like, he might, he might have a plus hit tool. Um, so he could be a guy that helps a little bit with batting average. And if you get him super late in a DC, you could just, if he, if he is playing almost every day, you could just start him at home uh, when you're in a pinch. Obviously wouldn't use any of these Rockies guys on the road in NFBC leagues, but um, yeah, I think, I think Velotti's got a shot to be useful. Uh, Montero, he's, 
he's more kind of the latter where he's a shaky hit tool guy where your open cores kind of props him up a little bit. Uh, but he also is third base eligible. So if you're just looking to grab a guy that might play a little bit uh, with third base eligibility uh, with one of your last picks, Montero's fine too. Yeah. Those like, obviously with the midweek lineup changes, being able to put a Rockies hitter at cores in for like a three game weekend set is pretty nice, especially if you're, you know, desperate and just seeing home at Colorado's uh, a little reassuring, I guess. Um, yeah. I, um, there, I was looking at that Colorado outfield, man. I mean, Whoa. pretty bad. Yeah. I, I mean, mean uh, Tapia. <laughs> I mean, I guess he's still got Blackman there, but I imagine he DHs quite a bit. Uh, people seem to be on Connor Joe for some reason. Uh, I guess he had a little bit of I a mean, Like, I, yeah, I mean, Connor Joe. Five guy. It's, you know, he's not, a, he's not great, but uh, he's probably there. I don't know, just doing the math. Like, he's probably their fourth. He's he's their fourth or fifth best hitter, Connor Joe. So, um, oh, man. yeah, do do with that what you will. <laughs> they are not tearing it down either. They they still fancy well, themselves they, look, uh, contenders. You don't, you don't break apart a good thing. They're perennial contenders. You don't break apart a juggernaut like you, that. No. I, lo- I love how you're like, well, I was looking at their outfield. Um I mean, just look at any of any spot on their depth chart, and it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty freaking ugly. I mean, yeah, and Garrett Hampson too. I mean, he's he's basically a, a wash at this point. Not really having any real expectations for him myself. But let's get to this proximity without opportunity tier. Just guys who, you know, may have some talent in some cases, like with MJ Melendez, a lot of talent, but just so hard to see that path. Now, sometimes that, you know, inability to see the path can, you know, hold you back from, from getting a good player who ends up playing more than you expect, but got to be realistic with playing time. And a guy like Vidal Brujan, they just have so many options at his spots that um, it really, I think you should be conservative, extra conservative with playing time. Yeah, I mean, the nice thing with guys like, uh, you know, Jose Miranda, MJ Melendez, Jake Berger. Uh, I mean, I, honestly, the nice thing with most of these guys is that they might be one injury away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could be to any number of guys that could that could open up that opportunity. Um, with Bruhan, ob- obviously he has the highest fantasy ceiling in this tier because of the speed but i don't even like we don't even know for sure that bruhan's one injury away um, exactly just, the the rays have have still really nice depth even after getting rid of like joey wendell um that and they might not be done this offseason either uh he's he's a total flyer bruhan um you're you should not feel confident at all that he's going to be playing every day within the first few months of the year. I mean, th- there might not even be a single like two week stretch this season where Bruhan's playing every day. So um, hmm. he- he's just a total flyer. Yeah. With all the platooning and just all the other options they have, it's, it's just so hard to know. Well, in some cases there just isn't a one man, one next man up because there'll probably be like two or three next men up. And it's just so hard to pinpoint who, who it would be if, if there were. Um, and Melendez, you know, he's probably just that one injury away to Sal Perez from getting his opportunity. Perez did have Tommy John, but, man, he's been a workhorse. So it seems like people just uh, – maybe he's kind of being drafted as, you know, that handcuff in some leagues, but it seems like most people just assuming that Perez is going to be healthy and playing every day and um, with a lot of Hunter Dozier at DH – Ryan O'Hearn, Sal Perez. You know, I I would be, I would probably have at least a share or two of Melendez if you were going like a hundred picks later. Uh, it's just like he could play in left field. He could play at third base. He could play at DH. Like he's not a catcher only type of guy. But you know what would have to happen for him to play third base or left field like this someone got to get hurt 
probably. Um, now, would they be willing to just bring him up and have him DH a ton? Maybe um, DH Sal Perez a little bit and have Melendez catch on those days? Like, that that could work, I think. Uh, like, Hunter Dozier does not need to get everyday playing time, certainly. So, um, like, there, there's ways of Melendez getting into the mix. But uh, you do kind of – I'm surprised he's going just inside the top 400. Like, you got to pay up a little bit. And Nolan Gorman, a name we're pretty familiar with, um, that Cardinals team also seems like it may be, may be needing to add a piece or two. We talked about, you know, Edmundo Sosa and others. Uh, is Nolan Gorman a realistic candidate to play a lot this year, or do you not really see it with him? Well, he could, you know, if if, uh, if they need a guy at second base or they need a guy at third base, they could turn to Gorman, certainly. Uh, I just I don't get the vibe from Gorman that he's a guy that you want to have on your fantasy team as a rookie because he might be just kind of a you know even in his best years he might be a guy who hits like 255 with 30 bombs something like like he could be maybe um Mike Mustakas with a lower OBP or something like that uh and it's just I don't I don't want that player as a rookie, right? Like it's just, if that's sort of the, if that's the upside, um, I almost kind of expect a guy like that to struggle as a rookie. So it's just not, not a guy I'm really interested in for 2022. Nice. And then finally the quality long shots, some, some names here, but just completely wild cards in terms of, you know, when they'll get called up, how much they'll play. Pedro Leon, we talked about a little bit. Anything to add? I think we talked about him on the first prospect show of the year. But no, uh, nothing um, really to add I mean, there. Honestly, we, we don't really have to spend much time. Or we don't really have to spend yeah, running any, out of time, any time anyway. on these guys. Like it's just these are these are guys that could be fab fab options like in July. Uh, mm-hmm. they're not guys where I expect any of these guys up in the first couple of months. Uh, I listed CJ Abrams just because he's getting drafted like inside the top 650, but I don't think CJ Abrams is in the majors at all this year. Uh, you know, the, then, I mean, in that, that next tier down, um, like I, I do want to caution people. Like I don't think people should be drafting uh, Jaron Duran or Nick Prado where they're getting drafted right now. Uh and Does I, it seem like I, you're a Matt Veerling guy? No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I mean, that one, I, I don't understand how that... I think I, it's just their depth chart is so thin. Yeah, well, do people seriously think the Phillies are just going to... The lockout's going to end and the Phillies are like, okay, great. Well, we've got, we got <laughs> we're Veerling, set. we got Moniac. Um, we're all set. Um, <laughs> like, no. Uh, the, Phillies, the Phillies will be quite active after the lockout. Uh, Veerling... Beerling was terrible at AAA last year. And like, why, why do people care more about what he did in the majors in a small sample than what he did at AAA in a large sample? I don't understand that. Yeah. I was poking around just updating their like DH depth chart for Philly. It was just like, I don't have enough guys to fill these spots. No. Here. <laughs> so I added Moniac this, back into the mix. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's like, that's part of the thing with um, Duran too. Like people have to understand like the, these depth charts are not, in concrete like there's far from it i expect so much activity once things clear up and it and it seems pretty clear to me that like the the big market teams basically sat it out before the lockout and it was the teams like texas who were just kind of willing to overpay on guys to get them to sign right like the tigers yeah like those those big market teams mostly didn't do anything before the lockout and they're, they're going to be ready to spend money uh, afterwards. The big market teams were, that were in a decent position. The Mets were just desperate, but yeah, <laughs> I, I hear you. Um, by the way, Nick Lodolo, Riever, San Martin sitting there in this uh, draft. Maybe I'll have to pair them up with Hunter green. Well, we'll be, we'll be talking about those guys next week. Cause I'm, I'm uh, almost done with the pitching tiers 2.0 and uh, 
those those three reds pitchers uh, are all in a nice little tier together yeah man i i don't know <laughs> which ones uh to target to be completely honest probably none of them but <laughs> or all, I, of, all I, of them i do kind of like hunter green at, at cost but uh he's not a freebie either you gotta you gotta spend a pretty valuable bench spot on him well thanks so much james your work for rotowire is invaluable anything else today on your mind by the way, Aaron uh, Rodgers and Shailene Woodley, big news during the pod, have called off their engagement. Oh, wow. How about that? <laughs> James's reaction on the show. Uh, you get that little bit to, to end the show. Um, anything else, though? I cut you off. Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, this, was, this was great. Uh, yeah, great like I said, next week we'll be doing the, the picture tour. Awesome, man. Look forward to it. Hope you can join us either live or on your usual channels with the pod. Thank you. We'll be back next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast sponsored by WinBet.